This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Do or do not. There is no try. Yoda. That is the question. Um, that was actually, that was literally probably my eighth hike and it was the first time that i had to pee on a trail because i was doing short hikes at the time and it's like eight in the morning and i and i don't even know like i forgot where i was i was in like evergreen colorado so it wasn't even like out in the woods it was like kind of a municipal park but it's it goes up to a peak at like nine thousand feet and it's it's a nice park and i I, i've got a piece of that and then like not to get too gross but I te- it's like Sunday morning at like seven o'clock and I start texting. Uh, I have a buddy named Scott who's kind of my hiking mentor and he's, he's a, a Colorado born and bred guy. He's half mountain goat type of thing. And he, um, so like anytime I had questions about hiking to start, he would be the guy that answered. So I'm texting, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Scott, can I pee on the trail? And he like, won't respond. He won't respond. And like, he's sleeping at seven o'clock in the morning. And like, I keep walking and I keep having to go even more, even more. And I'm like, oh man. So he goes, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, wait, that wasn't like, are you serious? So now I don't even know. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, can I pee? I don't know if I'm supposed to pee. And then I see this old guy and he's probably like in his sixties and he's hiking, he's cranking it, you know, like he's past me, like, you know, like it was nothing. He's in great shape. And he just goes wandering off into the woods and he goes pee. And I'm like, yes, I can do this. You know? And it was like that moment of clarity of like, yes, I can pee. I'm doc. And this is the John freaking mirror pod. Welcome 
to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just keep that to yourself. All right. Hey, let's get to this week's guest. It is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, the man behind the Fat Man Little Trail podcast and website, Greg Sackowitz. Welcome to the podcast, Greg. Hey, Doc. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to talk to you tonight. Hey, do you have a trail name, Greg? I know you spend a lot of time on the trail, and there is that unique uh, American long trail tradition of assigning trail names out there. Have you picked one up? I'm pretty bad. I have the self-appointed uh, trail name of the Fat Man. The uh, Fat Man. Okay. The Fat we, Man, yeah. We hence, only hence go by... Website. What's that? I said we only go by trail names on here, so you're okay with me referring to you as the Fat Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a fun story how I came up with calling myself the Fat Man. I was... So I just started out hiking, you know, I'm kind of a newcomer to this. I've only been doing, been hiking for about a year and a half. And it was last year, you know, during COVID and the, the governor comes out and he says, all the gyms are closed, but we have the best gym in the, in, in the world. We have Colorado go outside and do things. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. Um, I live in a tiny apartment, downtown Denver. So I was like, yes, get me out of here. And I went out to the trail and I'm sitting there and I'm doing like this first trail ever. And it's like a 5% grade and I'm huffing and puffing and I'm hurting. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've got the backpack on, I've got everything going. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to be a gangster hiker now. It's going to be great. And these two little kids and like sipping on a Capri sun wearing Crocs go running past me and I'm sitting there and I can barely breathe. I'm like, if I catch you, I'm going to, you know, and it's, and I just thought to myself, I'm like, man, you're just a fat man on a little trail. You can't do this. And then I came home and I was like, okay, I'm the fat man now. That's it. You know? There you go. The, the myth is born. It was <laughs> nice. Well, you are, and you're already starting it out, starting out at altitude. I mean, what, what is your, at Denver, it's the mile high city. So you're dealing with that lack of oxygen right from the get go. It is. And luckily, um, you know, I've been out here long enough. I lived here for eight years before I started hiking. I'm a, I'm a terrible case. Hopefully I'm a redemption story. Um, so I was a little bit used to the altitude, but once you start getting on these trails, and trails out here are, are not measured in distance all the time by, you know, oh, I did 15 miles. It's like I did 3000 feet because you could start and, and end up 3000 feet higher. Luckily, I'm pretty acclimated to it, um, but I was struggling at that at the beginning. But after a year and a half, almost two years of, of doing it pretty consistently now, a couple of times a week, it doesn't really bother me as much. Now, elevation still bothers me because I'm fat. So, you know, I can't make it up the hills like like I, I want to. But the the oxygen doesn't. Now, one thing though, is that people come out here and they think, you know, I hike in California by the beach. I, I hike in Florida. I do all this and I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to climb a 14er. Okay. You know, go ahead. And, and I've seen people that, you know, are triathletes and, and, and in perfect shape and they get a mile up the hill and they're done that that's it. And they can't go any further. So, um, it definitely plays a part in the hiking and, um, you know, luckily I, I I've gotten used to it at this point. So when I went and hiked in, in Arizona and some of the lower altitudes, I was like, what is this? This is nothing. <laughs> you know? So there's benefits to it as well. You were running past those kids in Crocs and Capri Suns on the Arizona trails. I was trying, man. Kids are fast. 
<laughs> yeah, but you're right. Altitude does not discriminate just against the big boned. It, it uh, has an impact on anybody out there. 100%. Yeah. Hey, have you listened to the podcast before? Fat Man? I, I've listened to a couple of them. Yes. Okay. So I only ask because I want to make sure you're aware of a, of a segment we do towards the end of the episode called the pro tip insight of the week. And that is where I will turn to you and ask you to share some uh, nugget of wisdom with our listeners out there to make their next outdoor experience even better. Here's a tease for you. It's altitude related. Oh, okay. All right. We're going to start with altitude and we're going to finish with altitude. Perfect. Okay. All right. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, Outdoor Vitals. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So fat man, what is your, your must bring piece of gear? Oh, that's a little tricky for me because I'm a day hiker. Uh, you know, we've got enough trails out here in Colorado that I don't do a lot of, of through hiking uh, and it's mostly day hiking. So I've got, I've got two things that I can't hike without. I know it's breaking your rules, but are you okay with two? Two is good. That's right. The more the merrier. Uh, the first is, uh, and this I learned the hard way. So I started hiking and I'm wearing sweatpants. And then I eventually went and bought a, like a $10 pair of hiking pants on the internet and as a hefty hiker, uh, our bodies don't fit in there quite as well. So I had to find a pair of good hiking pants that I could actually move in because when you're walking on elevation and you're walking up steps, you know, I, Arizona is flat, you know, most of the trails are flat, but when you get in Colorado, you're stepping up rocks, you're stepping up, you know, the sides of, of hills and things like that. So you need that flexibility. So one thing that uh, like the first major purchase I had was a good pair of hiking pants. And I use the brand Cool, K-U-H-L. Um, they're kind of a locally owned brand out of uh, Salt Lake City. Um, but they're, they're a big brand. They're, they're just locally owned or uh, family owned. And I, I just love them. They have like this three, four-way stretch that they talk about where um, it gives you the flexibility. And, you know, it's not just the, the hefty folks that need flexibility when you're hiking. You, you can't get into a situation where you're trying to step across something, step up something, and your leg won't move because it seems too tight or something like that. So that's number one. I got to have the pants that I can actually move around in. And number two hey, is fat man, before you get to number two, have you ever sure. seen Nacho Libre, the movie with uh, Jack Black? I, I know of it. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, there's a classic line in there. You just reminded me of that. You know, sometimes uh, men like to wear stretchy pants and uh, you, you've just confirmed that. Absolutely. You got to be comfortable when you're hiking, right? Uh, that's correct. That's you know, correct. I'm not, I'm, I'm not wearing capris out there. Um, <laughs> so, so the other one is you got to take care of your feet. If your feet are sore, if your feet are tired, you are going to be miserable. There's just no way around that. And, and I learned that one the hard way. I started with like tennis shoes and I've gone through, I'm up to like my fifth brand of, of hiking boots now. Um, and what I have now is a brand called Kodiak Boots out of uh, Canada. They're actually, they make like the Canadian army uh, footwear. They make the Canadian Olympic footwear. They, they do all sorts of really cool stuff. And I've never heard of them uh, until lately. And they just came out with a, a hiker, which is called the Skogan, which uses recycled materials and things like that. Um, they, they call it environmentally minded. So they're trying to be uh, create them in the best way and use recycled materials. And man, with these boots, I've actually been literally standing in streams to take a great picture and they're waterproof and they're comfortable. And, you know, out here, it's so rocky. So if you step on one of these boulders, it's got a, comes to a point or all these pebbles, 
and they go through the bottom of your foot, you're, you're feeling it. Um, and these give, you know, great protection. And I, I love that they're waterproof. We're in the wet season right now, um, at least where I've been hiking. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of glacier melt streams and stuff that you got to walk over and just having waterproof boots and having good footwear is really important. So those are the two things that I can't all lower body, but important stuff. Very important stuff. And how long did it take you to break in those Kodiaks? Honestly, these were like out of the box. I walked around really? the neighborhood for them. And because some of the other boots, I'm like, oh, I've got to go on four hike, you know, four small little hikes before I can do a real hike. And these out of the box, I think I did an eight mile hike the a week after I bought them. I walked around the neighborhood once and then did eight miles and was like, oh, and, and eight miles for me, that's, that's kind of a lot, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were feeling good right away. So that's, that's something that I liked about them as well. Okay. You know, there is some debate out there amongst the hiking community about, uh, boots versus trail runners. I've seen that actually. Um, I am not a runner, so I I never, I never naturally look for a, a trail runner, uh, shoe. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk that they're switching over. But for me, especially with like where I hike and, and I move slow, I'm not skipping across the top of a stream. I'm walking through the stream mm-hmm. because that's, that's the way I do it. You know, I'm, I'm more of the bruiser type of hiker. Uh, so I want something that's got that waterproof that's higher on the ankle um, that can give me the protection that I need when I'm out there. Um, you know, I know they have different kinds of, of trail runners and stuff like that, but for me, I just feel comfortable in the boot. And, and the other thing is the grip, you know, I get on some weird spots where I'm on, you know, climbing up rock faces and stuff like that. And I just don't trust trail runners or their shoes. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Never, never trust a trail runner. They're, no. they're kind of iffy. So exactly. I know, I know that uh, Gabe and Kevin are listening right now. So that's directed right at you guys. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about your background, where you grew up, you know, sports and hobbies that you played and how did you get involved in the outdoor adventure cult? Sure. Uh, so I grew up in, in, or I was born in kind of small town, Michigan. And, and we had a tree farm behind us and we had like three wheelers and four wheelers and we would go back out there and, and play and stuff. But I moved when I was about seven years old, I moved out to a suburb of Chicago and then we had concrete, you know, so I wasn't really into the outdoors. We'd go camping every year, but we would, my dad would, would rent a motor home and we would go take like the family truckster. And, and it was great because we would go, you know, one year we went out West and saw the Badlands and saw Mount Rushmore and saw, um, that part of the country. One year we went up through Michigan into Canada to like Northern New York, you know, or uh, Western New York. One year we went down to like North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, and things like that. So I saw a lot of the country through the windows of this motorhome growing up, but I still lived in basically the city. I mean, I was a suburb, but you know, it's, there wasn't what I have here in Colorado. So about, after that, I moved, like I went to college in Nashville, had a job in Nashville, then went to Indianapolis again, like living in the cities the whole time. And I moved out to Denver about eight years ago, uh, nine years ago. Now I'm getting old. Um, and I, I was kind of a workaholic, you know, my whole adult life, I've, I've been kind of a workaholic and I was an athlete as a kid. I played football, I played baseball, I wrestled and I did things like that, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, a, go out and hunt or go out and hike or do any of that stuff growing up. And it wasn't until, you know, I I got out here and I was a workaholic and then I got laid off right before COVID hit. So I got laid off December of 2019 
And I was excited. I'm like, I'm going to start a new chapter in my life. I'm going to do something completely different. I'm going to, you know, retrain myself. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and everything is shut down. And I'm like, well, now what? And like I said, the governor said, get out there to the trails. And I said, all right, I'll give that a shot. And it was in that kind of weird stage of, you know, everybody was on edge. There was anxiety in the world. There was, you know, I was worried, I, you know, I'm, I don't have a job. We're in the middle of a pandemic. What am I going to do type of thing? And, and I just went out there and I fell in love, you know, and I started hiking, you know, once, once a week, then twice a week, then three times a week. And I was trying to get out on the trail as much as I could, because what I realized was how much it helped not only physically um, getting that exercise. Like I said, I live in a small place, so there's not a lot of moving around in here, but it got me exercise, but more so just the mental aspect of being out in nature, in the, on the trail, you know, instead of hearing ambulances and car horns and people yelling at their neighbors, I was hearing birds and squirrels. And I was hearing, you know, the wind blow, not through an apartment window, but through, you know, quaking aspens and that, and that shaking sound that you get when you, when you walk by those, I don't know if you've done that, but if you haven't absolutely worth it. Um, it's another pro so tip right there. That's a, that's a pro tip, pro tip of the week. <laughs> I'm going to have about 10 of them for you. Good, good. Uh, so, that, so that's what got me into it is, is it was kind of, I, I don't want to say I was forced into it. I, I kind of fell into something that I love and I didn't know I loved it until I was, you know, I didn't have a lot of other options. And I was like, I'll try it. I live in Colorado. It's a beautiful place. Let's do this. And I did it. And then I was like, Oh, why haven't I done this yet? And part of the reason I didn't do it is I'm a bigger dude. And I was embarrassed. I don't want to go out and embarrass myself on a trail in front of a bunch of 20 year old, you know, people, trail runners, basically, you know, these people in great shape that are just going to plow through and I'm going to huff and puff and I'm going to people line up behind me and type of, and that type of thing. And and I got past that. I got out there and I realized like, this is for everyone and everyone can enjoy this. And, and that's the other part of how I started Fat Man Little Trail was just letting people know. I wanted to let people know that you don't have to be embarrassed. You can come out here. You can enjoy it. You might not make it as far as, as, as you know, Joe over there, but you're still going to have a good time. And, and the mental and physical benefits of just being out here are worth any embarrassment you might have, which there should be none. So Yes. Well said. We covered a lot of ground there. There's a lot to unpack. I have, I have okay. some, some follow-up comments and questions. Absolutely. Um, I, can, I can sense, I can hear the passion in your voice when you're talking about the outdoors and, and hiking and, you know, kind of the, the position you found yourself in, in December being, you know, being laid off and, and then the pandemic hits and, and what are we going to do? And so the, the best thing you could possibly do is, is find a way to get paid for doing what you're passionate about. So if you could, if you could take that outdoor experience and I think you're on your way, I mean, your website is fantastic. Thanks. You've got all kinds of great stuff. And we'll talk about what's on the website and, and uh, the, the different kinds of features you have on there, but uh, that, the, that's the next a, step is getting paid to be outside. That's, that's, that's what right. I'm waiting for. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. This, this uh, podcast that I do is, you know, it hasn't made a whole lot of money yet, yeah. but I keep telling my wife, just wait, we'll hang in there. You know, we'll, we'll keep plugging along. And well, it and also, that, it keeps me connected to the outdoors as well. I was going to say, you're like me. That's not the reason you do it. No, you do it while, while money would be nice. And I am available for sponsorships for (laughs) anyone that's out there. Um, That would be great. But, but really it's, it's the passion. It's, it's talking to people, you know, you run into somebody on the trail and you talk to them for 15 or 20 minutes about a leaf and and you're just, you're both so passionate about it that you can't stop talking, you know, and that's what I love. And, and that's, that's kind of the, the, no, I, I said this in one of my blogs the other day, I said, 
no one's a stranger out here. They're just friends you haven't met yet. You know, you're just waiting to run into somebody and find somebody that you can just say hi to on the, on the trail. And you know that you're going to connect. And, and that's the, the wonderful thing about it. So hopefully the money comes, maybe the money comes, if not, you know, I, I still enjoy what I'm doing. That's right. You're having fun doing it. The other thing is a common theme that comes up on the podcast is the tra- transformational um, nature of the outdoor experience, how people get out there, um, especially on the long hikes, but in, in general, any, any type of outdoor experience, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we finish, we finish that outdoor experience and we come back to our normal lives better off for having, having done it. And I, I think I heard that as well in your, in your story there about how you got out there, you said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And there's been a, a you, you have sensed a change in yourself based on Absolutely. that experience. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I was, I was a city guy, I was a workaholic and you know, it took me probably three hikes to realize what I was missing. Um, and now, you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm checking the weather and I'm checking the trail reports and I'm like, okay, where can I go today? Where can I go today? Um, which if you would have told me that 10 years ago, I would have been like, you're insane. Um, and now that's kind of where I lean as opposed to let's go to a bar and have drinks or whatever. It's like, no, I got to get up early tomorrow and hike. You know, <laughs> I don't even, even want to do that. You know, and part of it is, is I'm, I'm old now. And the other part is just the way that it, it hits you. And like you said, that transformative moment. And I don't really, I don't know that mine was an exact moment. There were times, you know, like I remember the first hike I did that, that took me to an Alpine area when I was like, I can Alpine hike, you know, and like, like that light bulb went on. And the first time that I walked into a place, uh, you know, one of my favorite places out here is, is called Brainerd lakes. And I walked in and, and just my jaw hit the ground and I've tried to go there as many times as I can since then, you know, so it's like a, a culmination of all the different moments that you don't realize it, but it's changed you as a person and, and it's changed me. And like, when I look back at it, I, I, surprised at how much it has changed me. Um, but I'm so happy that it has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another thing you said is, uh, you were, you're concerned about going out cause you were a bigger guy. You didn't want to embarrass yourself. But yep. again, one of the things that keeps coming up is, you know, hike your own hike. And so yep. you've got people that will hike the Pacific crest trail and some of them will do it in three and a half months. So, I mean, they're flying on the trail. They're doing 25, 30, 35 mile days. And then you have others who take seven months to do it. And they are, they're doing, you know, 10 mile days. And so, you know, don't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. You know, you got to hike your own hike. You got to, you're doing it for you. You're going to do it the way you're going to experience the best and enjoy it the best. And so if you, even if you can't do 25 mile days, get out there and experience the outdoors and uh, be Absolutely. better off for it. Yeah. When I, when I first started the blog or the website, I would, I would hide the fact that I was tired by me taking a picture. And I, so I would start walking a bit <gasps> and I didn't want to, I didn't want I I'm embarrassed. I'm, you know, I'm only 200 yards up the trail. Why am I tired? So I take my camera out and I start taking pictures. And what I realized from that is that there's so many people that go gung ho to finish the hike and be back in an hour that they miss so much of that little beauty that is within the hike. And that's what I was getting. So I'm taking like 10 steps and I'm like, Holy cow, look at that. Holy cow. Look at that. And, and they walked right by it. They had no idea. And when I started hiking with people who were uh, in better shape and, and could move a little bit quicker, I'd be like, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? And they're like, how do you see all this stuff? I'm like, cause I take the time to enjoy it. And, and that's, that's how I like to hike. I will not break a land speed record, but I will probably have, you know, a lot more pictures and a lot more moments 
than the person who is trying to break that record. So. Yeah, and you know what? Even if you even if you do break the land speed record, you don't get a trophy. No, right. there's no there's no award. Right. So yeah, you, you might as well enjoy it. And exactly. have you have you ever read um, the last season by Eric Blem? I have not. No. You need to check it out because he talks about that. It's a it's a story about a ranger who goes missing after 30 years in in the backcountry. He, he's a backcountry ranger and in plenty of uh, helping with plenty of search and rescue missions. And then he himself goes, goes missing in 1996. But um, in talking about Randy Morganson, who was the Ranger, Randy had a, um, a saying for those people who just put in the miles, you know, they, they, their head was down, focused on the trail and they were mile pounders and they didn't, they didn't appreciate or see a lot of what was going on around them as they were just trying to make their miles. And, not i mean if you're if you're putting in that time in nature you should you should probably look around a bit and enjoy it exactly okay so with your website with the podcast your blog um you know what what do you how do you want to impact people what do you want people to take away from uh, having interacted with those those forms of media with you so one of the most important things that that has happened to me in the last uh, year and a half since i've been running this is i've had people actually send me notes and say yeah, you know, wow, I didn't do this before I saw you do it. And now I know I can do it. Um, I know we're going to talk, I think we're going to talk about the 52 hike challenge here in a little bit. And I had, I had a gentleman uh, hit me up on that and say, I wasn't going to finish this, but then I saw your post. We'd never met, we didn't, you know, and we're friends now on, on, on Instagram. We'd never met before, but he's like, he saw me posting on Instagram and that helped motivate him to get to that 52nd hike. Um, you know, something like that, like you can't quantify what it feels like to touch somebody else and, and possibly improve somebody else's, you know, day to day or their, or their life in some way. And, and that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tell people one, you, yes, you can, you can go outside and you can enjoy nature. You don't have to be, you know, an athlete. Uh, number two, go out and enjoy nature in the right way. Don't go out there and be one of those people that's leaving beer cans on the trail. You know, I don't want people to do that. And number three, if you can't, let's say you just, you're not going to do it. You can't do it. Then watch me, follow me and live vicariously through me. Uh, you know, I'm to the point now I've started a YouTube channel and I, I put a GoPro on my shoulder and I do a time-lapse so people can see it. And I do videos like enjoy what you can. And if you can't get out, enjoy it through me. If you can get out, get out, do it the right way. And hopefully I'm, I'm inspiring people that they can do that. And, and hopefully they get out on that trail. You know, that, that, that's kind of my mission and my goal with all of this. That's fantastic. And going back to your first point, uh, it is a lot of fun when people reach out to you who you have no idea who they are, but they've listened to an episode or they've seen something on your website or they've saw, seen something on your YouTube and they have a comment for you or a question for you. Yeah. And it's those interactions that really, uh, I don't know about you, but it keeps me going. You know, it kind of inspires me to, you know, find another guest who's going to be interesting and dynamic and, and share some stories with, with the people out there. So. Absolutely. And, and I've done like 200 hikes in a year and a half but I remember my first hike cause it was only a year and a half ago. And I remember like, you know, when people are like, uh, can I go out here or will, will the rain get in the way? Or, you know, I was scared of the rain. I was scared of weather on the trail. I, I still am to be honest with you, but you know, I, I know how to handle different. Do I wear shoes? What kind of, do I do trail runners? What do I do? You know, like all those questions. And if I can lend a hand, you know, I know that it's going to hopefully make their trip that much more enjoyable because if you're miserable on your first trip, you're not going to go back. So if you go out there, you have a good time and, and 
you know, they reach out to me and I can help in any way, you know, that's, that's a wonderful thing. So. Yeah. I've talked to a few people who actually had miserable experiences on their first experience, but the power of nature was so great that they, they found a way to adjust and adapt and get back out there. Nice. <laughs> so you, you mentioned it, the 52 hike challenge. What, what exactly is that? I saw that on your, on your website. Sure. The, the 52 hike challenge was important for me. Um, I, I I'm not really uh, associated with the organization. I've, I've kind of made friends with them a little bit. Um, so what it is, is 52 hikes in 52 weeks. So it's just a goal to motivate you to get out outside and on the trail um, every single week and or more if you can. Um, they have they have two settings. And the first setting is just their, their normal kind of their standard package where you do, do 52 hikes. And all it is, is it has to be a mile long. And it's kind of on the honor system. You just post it on Instagram or Facebook when you're done. Um, so if you have to go, you know, if you don't live in Colorado and you just want to go walk around the neighborhood park and it's a mile, then do that, you know, and get out. And, and that's what they're trying to encourage people to do. But what they do, and this is the tricky little thing, when you sign up for it, they, um, the, first of all, the, the online community is great and you get to spend, you know, like I said, I've met that guy. I've met a bunch of people who are just 52 hike people and, and we kind of encourage each other and stuff like that. But they send you this envelope that says, do not open this until the 52nd hike. And you know, it's in there because it's in the package that, that you sign up for and pay for. And you can kind of see it right over my shoulder here. This is a medal that says 52 and it, and it, and the, the lanyard says 52 hike challenge. And you get to open that on your 52nd hike. And they encourage you to bring as many people who have inspired you and helped you get through this, this journey with you. And it just becomes a celebration on that 52nd hike. And you get to open this medal and put the medal on around your neck. Earlier you said, you know, you don't get an award for being first. Well, this you get an award for just doing it, for just going out there and doing it for on a consistent basis. And really, if you're going to do something 52 times in a year, it's going to become a habit, you know? And for me, when I started, it wasn't, I wasn't fully motivated. I like, I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to get out there, but this helped me get past that point. And it helped me get to that point of, I can do this now. And, and, you know, once you get to like your 26th hike, you're ready to go. And then by like the 34th hike, you're tired. And then you look at that stupid little envelope that says, don't open until the 50 second hike. You're like, I have to finish this, this challenge, you know? So um, it helps motivate. And then the, the one I'm doing this year, and I'm actually on my 51st hike, so I'll probably get it here in the next week or so. Um, it's called the Adventure Series. And that is, it's kind of like um, you go around and they give you more of tasks, like do a waterfall hike, do a, um, go to a national park, go to a national forest, journal about your hikes, you know, and things like that. So they give you kind of missions to accomplish in the 52. So it's not just do 52 times around your, your neighborhood park. It's, it's go out there. So once you've completed the first one, it's a good idea to sign up for that second one because that helps you get to, you know, if you're used to being outside 52 weeks a year, well, now you're going to be in a, a national park. Now you're going to go find a waterfall near you. Now you're going to go find, and I forget all the things that are on, on the list, but um, they're on the website at 52hikechallenge.com, which see sponsorships are ready. If anybody wants me, I'm a good pitch man. Um, but, but it just helps you get motivated to, to go to that next level of being outdoors and hiking and things like that. So the adventure series is another facet of the 52 hike challenge. They same, same, same organization. Yeah. They recommend it for like your second time to do the adventure series. So do the, do the basic series. The first time, I think they call it the standard series and then do the adventure series the second year, 
you know, if you're an experienced hiker and you want to do the adventure series, you could do that first, but because you have to do things like, you know, like I said, find a waterfall, hit a national park, hit a national forest, do hikes in those. Um, they kind of recommend that, you know, what you're doing a little bit before you, you try that adventure series, but, um, either of them are great. Free solo, a sheer cliff wrestle a great white shark i mean that that kind of adventure or that's that's like yeah. the th- that's the third that's the third season the third i year. think so. that's the one that i'm not signing up for got it got it <laughs> now, and is is this a call is this a colorado thing only because i haven't no, heard of the no, 50 they're actually based in um california really actually, okay. yeah it's a it's a team and uh they're based somewhere i believe it's in southern california and they just came up with this idea to kind of motivate people to to do different things and to get outside. And um, I don't know how long they've been around to be honest with you, but I just know that it helped me a ton to get through that first year of kind of changing my mindset and changing my lifestyle. So uh, they go right on my, uh, my living room <laughs> in that, in that box there. So. Nice. I'm, I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to find them. I'm going to reach out to them, have them come on the podcast and tell them how, how you were inspired. You let me know about them. See if we can get some kind of joint sponsorship out of this. I love this. This is a great idea. Yeah. And you, you've pointed to the wall a couple of times behind you. So sure. for all of our, our listeners out there, oh, uh, go to, go to, that's okay. Go to YouTube now and, and, and pick up uh, where, where you left off with the YouTube video and uh, fat man, tell us what is on your wall back there. I see several things on your wall. So on the wall back there is um, there's three pictures that I took myself. One's of a waterfall, one's of some flowers in the middle of Colorado. And one is of a mountain goat that I walked up to that I thought was going to kill me. And then in between those, I I have two shadow boxes. And what these are is I have a kind of a geeky habit of when I go to a state park or national park, I buy one of their patches. And what I did is I built a shadow box. So in the middle of the shadow box is my 52 hike challenge uh, medal. And then on the outside, it's it's ringed with uh, patches from uh, the Grand Canyon and from Bryce and from uh, Arches and, and all the different state parks that I've gone to. So I put those in there along with that metal to kind of just show me how far I've gone gone this year. And I've got some snowshoes back there. It's just a shelf. So I got some snowshoes back there. I got a couple of, I got my Osprey pack there. I got my REI pack there. There's my Kodiak boots sitting over there. Um, so, you know, it's, I set what, up a nice background for you. What's up? What's over your left shoulder? What are those two items below the waterfall picture? These are uh, snowshoes. Oh, snowshoes. Okay. Yeah. And I guess those would be valuable if you are doing the 52 hike challenge and you live in Colorado. They are. And I'll tell you, people shy away from hiking in the winter and out here, a lot of people go, go ski or snowboard or things like that. But the winter when the snow is down is the quietest, most calm, most amazing hikes that you can do. Now there's avalanches you have to watch out for, but if you find a good trail uh, with good snow, it is the most peaceful hike that you will ever do in your life. Um, I was surprised this year was my first winter hiking and it was absolutely stunning to me because it just like the blanket of snow and the snow in the trees just make everything a quiet that you just, you're not prepared for and you're out there and it's just, uh, it's beautiful. So, and what kind of Osprey pack do you have back there? I have, I actually just got that a couple days ago. Um, on my website, I have some uh, affiliates and Osprey is, is one of my newest affiliates that I work with. Uh, so that is a 24 liter pack. Um, I over, I'm an overpacker and I bring the 24 liter, even though I don't really need it because uh, I have, I bring like three GoPros with me. I bring tripods. I bring things like that. Cause I'm, you know, with the website, I do a bunch of videos and things like that. So my pack is basically snacks, water, 
and GoPros. Um, but, and I don't really need a 24 for that, but I just like the way it felt. And, um, when I first started hiking, I put everything that you could possibly imagine. I had, you know, like I put a couch in there, I put a six foot sub in there. I put a, you know, spare tires just in case you never knew. Um, and now I'm down to just like, you know, the, the basics of what I need, but with all the camera stuff, it, it, it takes a little bit more, it's not heavy at all. It's, it's just, it needs the room for all the different tripods and selfie sticks and, and all those things that I hate, but I love. See you, you, what you've just described to me, fat man, you are, you're this close. You are this close to becoming a multi-day through hiker because that is the mentality of, of a through hiker right there. I, 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 no, yes, I'm going to do it. No, no. I, I keep going back and forth with it. I haven't bought a tent yet. And that's, that's my key to not through hiking is I have not bought a tent yet. As soon as I do, it's over. I'll never yes. come home again. You know, the, you know, we, we have a saying here that if you speak something out into the universe, it puts more pressure on you to actually follow through and do it. So by, by the end of this episode, I'm, I'm looking for a, a proclamation from you that you're going to, you're going to give it a shot. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like my bed at night. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All right. Hey, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to hear some stories and uh, hear all about Fat Man's website and podcast. Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Mearpod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence-inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultra light. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. All in one place, for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like... My creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. 
download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We're talking to Fat Man about his adventures out on the trail. Uh, we're going to talk about his website and podcast in just a little bit here. But before we get to that, you know, you've only you've only been doing this for 18 months, I think you said. Yeah, and- so, well, I think I started last April of so April of 2020. So I guess about 15 months, something yeah, like that. Yeah, even less. Okay. Yeah. And and how many miles do you have under your boots at this time? Uh, so far, according to all trails, I don't know if you guys use all trails, all trails is great because it actually will record all of your, your stats for you. If you hit the record, um, let me look it up here. So I have 923 miles of total distance. I have 166,000 uh, feet of elevation gain and 406 hours of moving time and 163 hikes. So, wow. That's, that is impressive. Yeah. Like I said, I tried to be an expert really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love with it and I just, I, I couldn't let it go. So. So you're halfway through the Appalachian trail right now. I yeah, See, you're trying to get me to through hike. again. <laughs> you're trying to get me to camp. I don't know that I'm going to do it. You know what? Um, I love, I love apps that keep, keep stats like that because it is so motivating. You know, I, I, I run, I've run three marathons. I'm not a marathoner, but I, I have, I have gone through the experience three times. I'm training for another one right now but it is really motivational to look at my app that I use map my run and see, you know, that I've burned over a million calories in the last 11 years or that, you know, how many total miles that I've run. It's just, it, just, it keeps you going. Absolutely. I've driven three marathons. That's what I tell my family that it's, it's, or that's what they tell me that it, it takes a while. It takes a long time to drive 26 miles. Why, why in the heck would you want to run 26 miles? Exactly. I, that's, that's not my game. I'm not a runner. My running days, I was, I ran in high school a lot when I wrestled and was cutting weight. And then I said, I'm, I'm going to be fat and happy the rest of my life. And I took it a little too seriously. So uh, now I'm a walker. I'm a really good walker. That's right. That's all you have to do. Just walk. So one of the nice things about all trails too, is it, it records all the hikes and it, it's really good to find the hikes. I don't know um, how familiar your listeners are with that. Um, but it also, you know, it, it'll give you a map and you can download the maps um, if you're a premium member. So, uh, and all trails doesn't pay me by the way, <laughs> but you can download the maps. And then, so if you're out on the trail, you actually have a map on your phone that will help you, you know, with through hiking, you know, I, I can't talk about that as much, but on day hikes, you know, some of my hikes, my longest hike is 15.8 miles and 3,500 feet of elevation gain. So that, I mean, that's, that's a hike you can get lost on. Um, so it's important to have that map out there with you. Uh, every, every time you go, you need to have a map of some sort. And this is just a good way to have one downloaded, um, which I really like. So, and like you said, it keeps the stats and it keeps you motivated and it keeps you honest, you know, and you're like, Oh, I finished that. And they're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've used all trails to find hikes in my area and and kind of get the, the map for it. But I realized when you were talking why I didn't realize that it would keep your stats for you. And that's because I don't have a premium membership to all trails. I'm, I'm too cheap for that. So, But even on the free one, it will. Re- so if you hit record and, and it'll take you, if, you, if you're within signal range, 
the map will show up and it'll record. Um, you'll see the overlay. If you're not within a, a cell signal range, you can still hit record and it'll track where you've gone. So if you get yourself lost, you'll have a, a um, where you went. And anytime you hit record, it records your stats as well. So um, it's a good thing, even if you just need to use it as kind of like a breadcrumbs version of it, you hit record, there won't be an overlay map. So you won't really know where you're going, but you'll know where you've been. So you know, you'll know how to get back, which is the important part is making sure you get back safe after each hike. I was today years old when I realized that you could record on all trails. Thank you, fat man. That, that's hey, very helpful. I am. See, I help people one another at a time. Another tip right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm full of pro tips today. <laughs> After 160 hikes, I better be, right? Very good. Hey, have any of those uh, 160 hikes taken place in national parks? Oh, I've had a few of them. I've had a good year with that this year. Um, in the spring, I, I'm a big baseball fan and I'm from Chicago. So I'm a big Cubs fan. And one of my one of my life goals was always to make it to spring training. And I decided to do it uh, in the matter of, of hiking as well. So I went down through um, New Mexico from Denver down through New Mexico and then uh, to Arizona. And on the way there, I stopped at the petrified uh, petrified forest national park, which is um, an interesting park. I don't know if you've been there or not. Uh, it is a good driving park. There are a couple of trails there. Uh, the petrified forest, forest is really kind of more or less a petrified couple of rocks on the ground. Um, I was a little bit disappointed on it, on it, but it does go through where route 66, uh, the original route 66 was, and they have like an old Studebaker there and they, they have a, a line of old power poles, um, that are around, but as far as hikes go, there's a couple of small hikes around the rim and things like that. And it's mostly a driving, uh, it's like 30 miles across to get from one end to the other one. Um, so petrified so was, forest is really a, a misnomer. It's there's, there's not a forest there. If there. There's a, there's a forest of about 20 rocks. It's in my mind. I've seen these trees, you know, stretching up to crystal you know, trees as high as you exactly. Can you know, they're all on the ground. They have petrified into concrete like material. They're absolutely beautiful, but they are, they are, it, you know, obviously the trees are all on the ground and they're, they've turned into rock and there's some, I, I'd say the, the biggest ones I saw were probably 12 feet long on the ground, but it's mostly just a bunch of stumps laying around, which mm -hmm. I, I was a little disappointed. They do have some really cool rock formations and, and, and stuff as you go through, there's like that, the painted desert as well. So you get to see the painted desert with the red and the yellow and the brown and, and the different layers of it. So there's some cool geological stuff there, but for what I thought it was, man, I thought I was going to walk into like, a, a, I don't know, like a, a fantasy movie. I know? think that's the image we all have. That's, that's what yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, so, thought... so did you read any of the informational plaques? How, how does a tree turn into a, into a rock? How does, how, does it, how does it become petrified? Do you know the science behind that? I sure. Yeah. I could tell you something. Um, so basically it's just, it's just from, from years and years and years and years of smart people, uh, figuring it out and me not, no, I, I read it all and I forgot it all. Um, but it's basically just, just the way it's, it's laid there in that perfect temperature and humidity just kind of petrifies it over time. We have some petrified forests here in Colorado as well. Um, that not many people know about, but, um, I'm going to try to skirt my way past that. Some of the other cool okay. stuff at, <laughs> at Petrified Forces, they have this thing called newspaper rock, which is a bunch of petroglyphs that are on these rocks from ancient tribes that lived there, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And I actually enjoyed that, I think, more than 
I enjoyed the petrified forest because once you see them and you're like, oh, and then you kind of explore the rest of the park and see some really cool things and some historical things. And I love just looking across at the painted desert and all the different colors that you see in the in all of the rocks, um, which I thought was pretty cool. And the science behind that is also something I don't know. <laughs> but it's very similar to how the trees are made. Nice. You know, there's been some mornings I've woken up and felt petrified, but uh, that's another story. I think it happens after 40. <laughs> yes. All right. Any other uh, national oh, parks besides the Petrified Forest? Yeah, I'm still on that same trip. So after the Petrified Forest, I went through and I did, um, I don't know if anybody's heard of a Horseshoe Bend. So I went to Sedona, Arizona, which if, you, if you've never been to Sedona, Arizona, go to Sedona, Arizona. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever hiked. They have some great hikes there. Those are some really good four by uh, four wheel driving uh, tours that go around it. But so I was in Sedona, Arizona, and apparently I don't know the map because instead of going to the Grand Canyon and then to Horseshoe Bend, I decided to go to Horseshoe Bend, which is up by the Arizona and um, uh, Utah border and drove right past the Grand Canyon, waved at it and just kept on my merry way and just drove all the way up there. Horseshoe Bend is one of the is cool. It's you see it in all the Instagram pictures where it's just the giant horseshoe looking thing and like thousand foot drop on, on either side and the Colorado River just cut its way through. Well, that's what I thought the Grand Canyon looked like. So I thought that's what I was about to go see again. I was like, man, now I got to drive all the way back to Flagstaff and turn because they had one road closed. It took me another like four hours to get to the Grand Canyon, which was 10 miles away. It made no sense. But again, I didn't own a map when I, when I built my trip out. So I make it to the Grand Canyon. It's dark. And I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to check into the hotel. And the lady's like, you should go for sunrise. And I, and I love sunrises. So that's, that's one thing I'm going to do. So I get there like, 11 o'clock at night and I wake up at four and I go to the Grand Canyon and it's pitch black and you can't see anything. You, you know, I walked up to um, the fence posts there and we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And, you know, as the sun starts to peak up, you start to see it just, it's like the, the, the sun was just like a stretch. It just stretched light across the Canyon floor. And every five minutes, another, you know, rock formation or another tower or another, another, canyon another part of the river would would become visible because the sun as it was coming up through the canyon just bounced light off all of that rock and it was one of the most amazing and humbling experiences i've ever been to is seeing the sunrise uh over that canyon you know, i'm a midwest kid i don't really know much about the grand canyon you know i saw it in the movie vacation and that was about then and what joe dirt you know I, I saw it in the movies and that was about all i knew about it so to watch it that way where it just revealed itself to me like second by second as it just kind of the sun just walked its way across the canyon and then you know to look back to the east and see you know the, the glowing uh it was a cloudy day so it was just like the clouds all turned pink and then the, the sun finally came up and it was just like i couldn't believe it it was one of the most amazing things on my youtube channel and on my website i did my website has a whole blog on this on the sunrise at the um Grand Canyon in the rambling section. Um, and on the, on my YouTube channel, I have like a three, three minute video of the sun coming up and just kind of revealing the whole Canyon to yourself, to, to me. So if you have a chance to do that, um, especially if you've never seen the Grand Canyon, you don't really know what you're looking at. And then you just see it kind of revealed in such a slow and methodic manner. Um, I highly recommend that. And then at the Grand Canyon, I, I walked over to this trail and I saw an elk. I had no idea there were elk there, but there are elk there. So that was cool. 
And then like a bus showed up at a trailhead and all these people got off and started walking down the trailhead. So I was like, I'm just going to keep walking. So I walked down the trailhead with him and I went to this place called um, Ua Point, um, which everybody thought I was making that name up, but it's actually the name of it is Ua, Ua Point. And it's about, I don't remember exactly. It's, it's 800 feet, I think, down the canyon, somewhere six to 800 feet down the canyon and maybe two miles in length, something like that. So you're walking down and, and again, the, the canyon is just revealing itself to you and it's absolutely beautiful. And then this point, if you keep going down, you're going to get to the bottom and be able to, to camp down there. All you, you through hikers enjoy that. But I, as a hiker, I just went down to my point and, and it just, again, the canyon just opened up and, and the views were amazing. But to me, as somebody who wasn't a hiker until a year ago, the whole time I'm basically skipping down this trail thinking to myself, I am hiking in the Grand Canyon. I didn't hike to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. I didn't hike to that, but I was hiking in the Grand Canyon and I'm just a fat dude from the Midwest who moved out West and look at me now, you know, type of thing. And it was a real emotional moment for me. And, and then I, and then I tried to walk up those 800 feet and it became a very tiring emotional moment for me. Um, But it was just one of those, those moments that, that just blew my mind. It was, it was, uh, something I highly recommend. I don't know how long you can, if you're not going to hike down in there, I don't know how long you need to go stay in the Grand Canyon, but it's just one of those places that if you can see it and if you can see sunrise or sunset, it's going to be beautiful too, if that's more your jam. But for me, watching that sunset was amazing. So, well, based on that description, I just added it to my bucket list. Thank you, uh, fat man. It, it needs to be on everyone's bucket list. Uh, where else did I go? This year I had a busy year. So I went to Utah as well. I don't know if you've been to the, the national parks out in Utah. I've done arches. But, uh, so Moab is very busy, very busy. Um, I couldn't believe it. I went out there. And what I didn't realize is that I went out there on, I think it was Arbor Day. So I show up on like a Thursday and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, there's, it's Thursday in April or something like that or May. And I'm like, nobody's going to be here. This is off season. It's, it was Arbor Day and it was free national park day. Holy cow. They're like the entire state of Utah was in uh, Moab at the time. So I started out with arches. And if you have a chance to do, I think it's called the devil's playground in arches. It's one of the coolest things that you can do because there's nine uh, arches that are on this one hike and they have this like backcountry version of the hike. So you go, there's like an easier route to go and you see like the first four um, arches that you see. And then the backcountry, uh, I think they call it the primitive trail, actually, to be honest. And you go back there and, and it's actually kind of challenging. Like you're, you're walking on slick rock, you're butt sliding, you're doing all the fun stuff. Um, it's not, it's not very hard. It's just a lot different than, you know, what a normal tourist would think of when they're hiking. And there's like four more uh, arches on the backside. And it's just, it, it's a really cool place. If you're into rock formations or if you've never seen these things, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but it's so busy. Arches is so big, busy. And if you go in the summer, my cousin and her family were just out there. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, so early July, mid July, and they said it was like 110 degrees. And you know, arches is all slick rock, so it's got it's like that reflective rock. So they're like, yeah, it's hit, the sun's hitting you from the top. The sun's reflecting back and hitting you in the face. And they they said they enjoyed it, but it was not the best time to, to go out to Utah. Um, so I only spent a day there, and then I I went over to um, oh Canyonlands, and. I didn't do needles. I, I, I didn't know about needles. I probably should have done needles. I think that's more of a, a better hiking, but I was pretty exhausted from arches because I did a couple more hikes in there too. Check the website if you want more information. Um, and I ended up going to Canyonlands because somebody told me like, you have to go to, 
Oh, I'm not going to remember the name of it. Um, there's an arch that you everybody goes to for sunrise. Do you know what it is by any chance, Doc? I, I don't, but I've seen plenty of pictures of, of sunrise arches. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Royal Arch, maybe? I feel like it's Royal Arch in Canyonlands. And it's and like I got there and it's this tiny arch and there's like 400 people maybe not that many, but there's like a hundred people all jammed into where this arch is. And I'm like, that's a terrible shot. You guys need to look at me. I'm standing over here. I'm going to get the sun up and the arch and it's going to be a great angle. And then I realized why they were all there because as the sun is coming up, the entire inside of this arch glows orange. The sun catches it and it glows orange. And I, and that was one of those moments where you're just like, your jaw drops. You're like, how is nature this beautiful? Like, how does it physically happen? Like, how does the sun line up with the art? Wow. It was just amazing. And so, you know, the good thing about having the broad shoulders and being a bigger fella is I elbowed some people out of the way and I got my shot right there. Um, <laughs> a little football or wrestling move right there. A little hip yeah, check. Exactly. Yeah. No, everybody was great. Everybody took their pictures and rotated in and out and, yeah. and all that. But it was just one of those things that I wasn't expecting. And I think that's what the national parks are about is it's something that you're not expecting that turns out to be fascinating you know, and, and there's a lot of amazing, I don't know what picture that is behind you. Um, I, I know the, the listeners can't, can't see it, but it's a national park of some sort. I believe it's, it's a view from the top of Whitney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just, there's nature everywhere and people don't, you know, I don't know how, how people determine what's a national park and what's not, but man, when you see some of the wonders that are inside these national parks, it is well worth it. Um, Rocky Mountain is kind of my home national park. So I don't know that I'll talk about that. And I also went to, oh, Bryce Canyon, Bryce Canyon in Utah. First of all, Capitol Reef, I don't have a lot of time left. Uh, you know, I don't want to take up all the docs time. Capitol Reef is the most underrated park in Utah. I said it, I'm standing by it. It's not as busy as all the other ones. There's an orchard in the middle of the desert in Capitol Reef. And a lot of people don't don't go to it. That's like the one that everybody skips. So yeah. Capitol um, reef does not have the name recognition that the others have Bryce Zion arches. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are the people talk about Utah hiking. That's what, that's what people think of capital capital reef is, is not on anybody's radar. They always skip it. And so I'm driving to it and I went on like three of the most amazing hikes I've ever been on in capital reef. Um, there's a, a slot canyon well it's it's a very wide slot canyon but it's you know just straight up and down you're walking on a canyon floor um then there's a um like i said there's there's just an orchard so there's you know it's red it's that red rock of utah all over the place and then you just there's an orchard there's trees there they were budding i was like what are you know green grass right next to this little stream it was it was like kind of the, the just one of the most wonderful you know variations between the red rock and the green grass and i was just like why is nobody here this is crazy um you know there is wanna... there is a there's a trail that connects all five of the utah national parks as well as the grand canyon it's called the hayduke trail okay have you heard of that i have not heard of that could i get it done in a day uh it's about 800 miles and <laughs> the only time there's a trail is when you're in the national park but between the parks it's kind of like route finding okay. and it is it is terribly difficult and uh, it's it's named after George Hayduke, who was a character in the Edward Abbey book, uh, The Monkey Wrench Gang. If you oh. haven't if you haven't read that, it's about kind of like uh, eco warriors in the in the seventies, sixties, and seventies. I will have to check that out. 
Yeah, but uh, it is it is notoriously difficult. And I, I talked to a guy who finished it earlier this year, and uh, the stories he told are just insane. Well, Utah, everything in in Utah, like I thought Utah was beautiful, but it looks the same. Like everywhere you go, if you're not in a national park, like the like the land looks exactly the same. Um, but Bryce Canyon is the last one that I went to on that trip, um, and I'll do it quickly. But Bryce Canyon is like you're walking into a like a, a town frozen in time. Like you walk through, um, the, I think it's called the Queen's Garden. Um, and it's literally just all these rock, they call them hoodoos out there. And they're, they're these spires and they look like buildings and you're walking down streets and there's doorways you're going through. And it looks like you're in an ancient civilization from the 1800 or from you know 800 BC or whatever. And, and it just like got zapped frozen in time and there's no people there and it's all rock now but it was just one of the most again one of the most amazing things i've done i got there i went back there for sunrise and i saw uh kind of like the grand canyon where as the sun was coming up just like these golden rays of sun were hitting these red hoodoos and just they made the hoodoos in the middle of, of the queen's garden glow and none of the rock around it glowed so these hoodoos in the middle, and I, I have pictures on my Instagram of it and, and on the webpage as well. But so th- just the center section of hoodoos are glowing in this bright orangish pink color. And the rest of the rock around it is just the normal, you know, normal gray and, and brown. And it was, I thought I was in that uh, Indiana Jones movie where he sticks the, the, the you know, the, the spear down and the sun comes in and hits the, hits the Ruby and it goes down and points exactly like, that's what it felt like. And it was one of, again, one of those breathtaking moments that, uh, you know, I'm out there basically by myself because, uh, there's not a ton around Bryce. So I got out there and I had, you know, a hundred feet to either side of me probably with nobody around. And I'm watching this like town start glowing. And I, I thought maybe I was going to find the lost ark, but, uh, it didn't work out that way. Don't open the ark. I know yeah, no, whatever no. you do, don't open the ark. At least close your eyes. And it, it, that's just, it sounds like an epic scene that you're describing. And there is, uh, there's magic to be found out there and it's, you don't have to kill yourself getting to it either. Yeah. This was 20, 20 steps up from the parking lot is where I saw sunrise, you know, same with grand Canyon. You, you get in there early and you can park right up close and you can see some of the most amazing things in the world. Um, for the price of admission, basically, you know, you don't mm-hmm. have to walk hard. You don't have to work hard. You, you you know, if you're, if you're elderly or you're, you know, disabled or something, you can still go and see these amazing moments. You got to wake up at four o'clock in the morning, but other than that, it's worth it. Trust me. Um, mm-hmm. And check out, you know, on my website, I, I, if you go to the hike section, it's all broken down by state and you can see where all these different, different hikes are and check out my reviews of them. So you've mentioned your website a few times. And so this is a perfect segue. Let's talk about your website. And the first thing I want to talk about is your logo. Your logo is fantastic. I love it. Well, Thank you very much. I, I, I used to work in television and I have a lot of friends who were graphic artists and things like that. And uh, uh, one of my buddies, Andrew, uh, has helped me out a lot with these with these graphics. And, and I told him, I basically, I'm a terrible artist. So what I did is I did a stick figure of a fat guy on a hill and it was like three lines. And he took that and, and took it into my logo, which is this very stylized. It's a guy walking up a hill and he's got a backpack. He's got a little belly to him. And, um, you know, it's in blues and reds. And, and Andrew did a, did a great job. And I am going to take advantage of his generosity and continue to uh, exploit my logo as much as I possibly can. Um, but, yeah, it's, 
he blew me out of blew me away because my my picture would have been much much worse um but i think you know with a name like fat man little trail you kind of have to have a good logo because to be taken seriously obviously the name is trying to is going to is there to try to be attention getting um but i also want people to get in there and think it's going to be funny and and then realize that oh there's some good information here too i'm going to laugh and i'm also going to get some good information and i thought that if i had like a cartoony logo it would just take me over the top the other way so andrew did a great job of uh of putting that all together for me yeah and you also have a secondary logo that has it's kind of almost looks like a compass with uh with the initials right fmlt yeah in different different corners I call that my, my shield. So it's, it's shield. Two, um, and Andrew made that as well. So uh, it's two hiking poles that are crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it's like a compass. So the F is on the top. I think the M is on the bottom and then the L and the T um, on the, on those triangle uh, negative space of where the poles cross. Um, and I use that as, as a, um, um, Oh, I I'm losing the word right here. Those things you burn into the bottom corner of the, of the picture. Uh, uh, watermark. Watermark. Yes. I use yeah. it as a watermark and I use it for some other stuff. It's on, um, I have a couple of jackets that, that I wear personally that I don't sell in the store, um, that have instead of the big logo, it just has the shield on it. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So, um, so there are a ton of great features on your website, okay. um, including, you know, um, food product, product reviews, um, the fat man gallery, some pictures. You have, you've got a, a store, an online store for products. Um, but one of the one of the funniest pieces of your website is the section called Fat Man Ramblings. Fat Man's Ramblings. Yeah. So the ramblings are. I do a lot of solo hiking. Um, you know, and what did we say earlier it was like nine hundred miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when you're by yourself on trails for for that amount of time, just weird stuff comes into your head. You know, and and instead of telling a funny story to, to your hiking partner. I just kind of collect them in my head and I come back and I write them for, for everybody, for better or worse. I write them for, for everybody, uh, you know, who's, who's checking out the website. Um, I have some of those wonderful literary, uh, gems such as, uh, to pee or not to pee, um, bad days and bidets, just wash it off. Um, oh, screw it. I'm trying is my most popular blog. That's kind of what got it all started. And then uh, another one that's really good is hiking. Hiking alone is not lonely hiking, which is kind of like that. That one's a little more serious and a little less funny. Um, But, you know, it's just one of those things. I was out there hiking and I was like, why don't I feel lonely while I'm hiking? And I realized because I'm not alone. I'm, I'm out here in nature. Like I'm with squirrels who I hate, but they're with me, you know, and like I can sit, you know, I live in downtown Denver and there's 500 units in my apartment building. And I'm lonelier sitting in a, in a city a lot of the time than I am on a trail when there's no one within 50 miles of me because there's so much to keep you entertained on a trail. Um, so that's what that one's about. I don't want to give it all away for free, you know. You know, check out the website, Fat Man's Rambling. Well, um, but some, some, of, some of the some of the questions though, you know, to pee or not to pee. I mean, what what is the answer to that question? That is the question. Um, that was actually that was literally probably my eighth hike. And it was the first time that I had to pee on a trail. Cause I was doing short hikes at the time and it's like eight in the morning. And I, and I don't even know, like, I forgot where I was. I was in like evergreen Colorado. So it wasn't even like out in the woods. It was like kind of a municipal park, but it's, it goes up to a peak at like 9,000 feet. And it's, it's a nice park. 
And I, I've, I've got a pee so bad. And then like, not to get too gross, but I te- it's like Sunday morning at like seven o'clock. And I start texting. Uh, I have a buddy named Scott, who's kind of my hiking mentor. And he's, he's a, a Colorado born and bred guy. He's half mountain goat type of thing. And he, um, so like anytime I had questions about hiking to start, he would be the guy that answered. So I'm texting. It's like seven o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Scott, can I pee on the trail? And he like, won't respond. He won't respond. And like, he's sleeping at seven o'clock in the morning. And like, I keep walking and I keep having to go even more, even more. And I'm like, oh man. So he goes, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, wait, that wasn't like, are you serious? So now I don't even know. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, can I pee? I don't know if I'm supposed to pee. And then I see this old guy and he's probably like in the sixties and he's hiking, he's cranking, you know, like he's past me like you know like it was nothing he's in great shape and he just goes wandering off into the woods and he goes pee and i'm like yes i can do this you know and it was like that moment of clarity of like yes i can pee um fat man i have a feeling that scott your buddy he saw that text when it came through immediately but uh just to play play a prank on you he waited 30 minutes before responding oh absolutely he admitted to that later he's like yeah i I," (laughs) he's like i went and i was about to text your pictures of waterfalls for a while but um yeah it was well played but it was like you know that goes through your head as a new hiker like can i can i pee here like how do i and then i go down and tell you you know leave no trace and um i'd link to an rei blog about uh from a a woman and i forgot who wrote it but she um talks about it from the women's perspective and like a actually how women can can use the restroom out on the trail um so you know i put some good information in there but mostly it's my funny uh trial and tribulation of whether or not i could pee on the trail or not yeah and so, bad days bad days and bidets do you actually carry a bidet with you um i know i mean because there are there are portable bidets out there that uh some of our through hiker friends have discussed using really yes it's a so thing we're trying you are selling me hard on this through hiking thing right now. the things that you're talking about these are the, the, the through hikers talk about bodily functions all the time you are on the cusp you're I'm almost close. you're you're almost there fat man I'm close. So bad days and bidets where I was just having a terrible day. I was hiking and um, I kept slipping on the snow and I like, it wasn't like that slip where you fall. It was that slip where like you think you're going to fall and like you, then you catch yourself and, and it just, just scares you more than anything. I'm like, I'd rather fall, but I never fell. And I kept slipping and sliding. And then like, you know, I post hold down to like my thighs and I was like, ah, oh, this is just brutal. Miserable. And I was like, man, I'm having a bad day a bad bidet i'm having a bad day bad bidet and like i couldn't figure out like and then it just like hit me in my head they're the same thing you know you just wash it off like bad days you wash off bidets that's what they do they wash it off and i came home and i and i wrote the blog about uh yeah bad days and bidets just wash it off like um yeah i forgot about (laughs) some of the some of them uh some of them are really good and some of them i forget about Lots of great material on the website. If you have not checked out Fat Man Little Trail, the uh, the website, please do so. A lot of interesting information there, including a section on getting started. Yeah. So as, as a hiker who's starting out, um, I didn't know what I was doing. And I figured that other people who are starting out don't really know what they're doing either. And, and do you really want to listen to a guy? Now I know what I'm doing. Now I feel comfortable giving people advice. But in the beginning, I didn't. And I had some questions that I thought other people would have. So I was able to interview um, some meteorologists about what to do in winter weather, spring weather, uh, fall weather, because weather can change so much and weather can be so dangerous on a trail. You know, if you're out, especially if you're, you know, hiking a 14er in the summer and a, and a thunderstorm comes up, we lose people to lightning strikes all the time because they don't know Colorado weather very well. I talked to physical therapists about 
um, some exercises you can do to get started, some exercises you can do after your hike to make sure that you recover. And again, these are more geared for kind of people starting out and who want to get out and do this stuff. Um, I talked to um, representatives at um, Keen, uh, Keen Shoes about, uh, you know, how important footwear is, how important having, uh, you know, a good pair of wool socks, you know, what's the difference between water resistant and waterproof? Because if you don't know that and you go out on a trail and you have water resistant shoes and you step in a stream, it's going to make for a very bad day. But if you have waterproof so shoes, you're going to be a better shape. Um, I talked to um, Solomon, uh, you know, they're known for, for snowboards and skiing and, and, and bindings and stuff, but they have a whole um, division on, on clothing. And I talked to them about winter clothing and layering and, and um, the best way to do that. So, so I got some pretty good information on there. Oh, nutri I talked to nutritionists as well about uh, snacks you can bring on the trail, what you want to do the night before you were, or you hike and um, whether fad diets work, you know, and like things like that. So just information that I thought that people might need to know if they were going to start an exercise program or they were going to start a hiking program or they were going to start a through hiking program. It's, it's just basic information for somebody who wants to start and who doesn't know where to go, come to me and, and I'll try to help you out with that. You know, and more importantly, these experts who actually know what they're talking about will help you out even more. So that's, that's kind of my goal with that section there. So, yeah, so many great resources out there now for, for day hikers, through hikers, long distance hikers, um, just all kinds of online resources, make uh, fat man, little trail, uh, your next, uh, online resource. Excellent. And let's talk about your podcast. You've got a podcast as well. I, I sort of have a podcast. Sort of had a, have a podcast. What does that mean? So I, I, I did a podcast. I started a podcast back in when I was going on my um, Arizona trip. And so I brought my mic with me and I kind of basically did a daily journal on my podcast every day. And then I forgot that I do a podcast. Um, I started doing my YouTube channel and my social medias. I discovered TikTok, which is... Um, you know, everybody's got a social media, you got to do TikTok. I, I'm terrible. I'm 42. I can't do TikTok, but, um, you know, I studied it thoroughly to make sure that I couldn't do it. And I learned that. Um, I've, and got between, I've got, I've got 12 years on you. And my daughter said, Oh dad, you got to do a TikTok. You, you know, John freaking your pod needs to have a, a TikTok account. I'm like what in the world? So yeah, I have a TikTok as well. My nephews are, are in high school and they were like, they were like, you've got to do a TikTok, Uncle Greg. I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? They're like, finish a hike and do a dance. I'm like, nobody wants to see a fat man dance. And they're like, it'll be great on TikTok. And I'm like, then I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I kind of I started it for them. But between like the TikToks and, and my website takes a lot of time. I, I don't know if you've read a lot of the, the hikes, but I put a lot of time into um, my review of the hike. And I want to be as accurate as I can for people. So by the time I go to the, do the hike and then come back and get all the videos and the, and the stuff together, I just flat out forgot about the podcast, but I restarted the podcast this week um, and I'm hoping to set up, I have an interview with one of the meteorologists lined up for the, for the next couple of weeks about how to recognize bad weather and what to do um, when the bad weather comes. So uh, I'm going to start, you actually inspired me, Doc, to get back into the podcasting world um, because I, I realized that at first I was like, nobody wants to hear me talk for 10 minutes. And then I was like, wait, they, they read my writing for, for 20 minutes. Why wouldn't they want to want to hear it in my voice? Um, and, and, and it's just, you know, the more we can reach out and touch people, you know, that that's the goal is to inspire somebody. And if one person hears my podcast that hasn't read my web website and they say, Oh my gosh, this guy's doing, it and I can do it too. Then that's worth it to me. So I will, I will 
try to do a much better job. Uh, the podcast is available on um, Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts, and it is uh, Fat Man Little Trail, uh, as all of my other things. I kind of keep the ba- the branding the same across them all. So if you look any look anywhere for Fat Man Little Trail, you will most likely find me. Unfortunately. <laughs> Very good. And if you're ever looking for guests, I'd be happy to come on and I can talk to your listeners about the whole through hiking. Although I'm not a long distance trail. I, you know, I I do, we talk about multi-day hikes out there that uh, are just as epic as, well, maybe not just as epic, but can be pretty, pretty epic. Maybe not doing 2,600 miles, but you know, even a a 30 mile trail could be an awesome experience out there. Well, and that's what people do out here in Colorado. You know, they'll do, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a section of the color, a couple sections of the Colorado trail right. and not do the whole thing and, and they'll knock it out in the weekend. So, so I think that would be great information. So I'm definitely going to take you up on that. Okay. Fantastic. And you know what, we're, we're not done with this episode yet. And you know, I'm still looking for that commitment, you know, a multi-day hike. You can do this fat man. You're, you're already there. The commitment is, is it's close, but it's not there yet. Okay. Hey, what, what's next? Uh, what's next up for fat man? What, what's the next adventure? Oh, I don't know yet. Uh, you know, just keep doing it keep doing it. I did a 13 er uh, this week. It was my first one of the year. I did a 13 er last year. Uh, 14 ers are really busy and really popular out here. So kind of my new goal is instead of doing 14 ers, I'm just going to do all the 13 ers. Um, I don't know how long that'll take me because they're really steep and tiring. Um, but it's, it's kind of just been, I, I did the, you know, the Arizona trip and I did the, the Utah trip. Um, I haven't done a lot of, Colorado hiking, mountain hiking. Um, I've done the shorter, you know, national park hikes, but nothing, nothing big. So I'm trying to get back into longer hikes and, you know, more elevation here, um, towards the end of the year. So that, that could be another pro tip, but the 14ers are too crowded to do 13ers, or if those are too crowded, do, do 12,743 ers See, I live at the 12,743. That, yeah, that's, that's right. That's the comfort zone right there. I, I'm kind of like, I prefer wheelhouse. Um, I prefer Alpine lakes. So I go to a lot of the Alpine lakes that are at like 12, five, 12, eight and stuff like that. Um, peaks are cool, but I'm also scared of heights, which a lot of people think is crazy. So I'll get up onto these peaks and people are like, Oh, look over the edge. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Um, so like when I can go up to a, like a nice lake at 12, five, maybe in a bowl, you know, surrounded by mountains and there's nowhere to fall off of nowhere um, to fall. That's right. I really enjoy those, but you know, I I'm a full service guy here. So I try to show everybody what all the hikes are like. Nice. Now, fat man, let's do a quick impromptu top five list. I want to hear from all your experience of doing these, these day hikes, 900 plus miles. What, what are the top five day hikes that you've done? If you just, we don't have to go into a whole lot of detail, but if you just name them. Top five day hikes. Okay. Uh, Herman's Gulch in Colorado. Uh, it was the first time that I did Alpine hiking. Uh, and it's what taught me that I could do an Alpine hike. Um, okay uh blue lake in uh the brainerd lake area is the uh an alpine lake and it's one of the most beautiful places that i have been you do need reservations now to get into brainerd lake just like the the national parks uh so keep an eye out on that uh number three would be lion's head at staunton state park um i hiked staunton's like kind of my home base park i love going there it's it's only 45 minutes for me and I absolutely love it. And I looked at this mountain forever and I didn't realize you could get to the top of it until I saw a ranger one day he goes, you know, you can go up there. And it ended up being like a 13, 14 mile round trip, but it was worth every second of it, knowing that I finally like got to the top of the, the park. I stared at this rock forever. Um, 
uh, nice. Pitkin Lake in uh, where's that one? That one is in Vail, Colorado, I believe. Um, is it Vail? Yeah, Vail, Colorado. Uh, Pitkin Lake is another one of those you're just kind of going up into the National Forest outside of Vail and ends up at a 12,000 foot lake and is absolutely beautiful. Um, what's that? At? What am I at? Four? That, that's four. One more. Number five, I'm going to say that Ooh Point in the Grand Canyon, just from the nostalgia of being in the Grand Canyon and hiking in the Grand Canyon. And, and if it's something you've always wanted to do, it's a couple miles down, a couple miles back, 800 feet, and you can say that you've hiked in the Grand Canyon. Nice. And I have to imagine that Ooh Point gets its name from the sound that people make when they get there. Uh, I believe that. I've got to think that's it, either that or the donkey who first found its name was Ooh Ooh, okay. Ooh, ah, the donkey. Nice. <laughs> but like everybody thought I was joking about the name. And then like, there's a picture of me with my arm around the sign that says, Ooh, ah, point. And Proof. they were like, holy cow. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fat man, you know where we are? Where are we? We are at that part of the episode where I ask you for your pro tip insight of the week. What little nugget of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? I'm going to, I'm going to go Colorado specific on this. Cause we talked about altitude at the beginning. People come out here and think that altitude, uh, you know, they can just plow through everything. Altitude affects everybody differently. So if you come out here, you could be a marathoner, you could be, um, you know, a, a triathlete, you could be anything, and you may walk up and just get destroyed. And you could be like a tubby guy like me and just be fine with it and it won't affect you. But the dry air out here is just as bad as the altitude. And that's what people don't understand. So they don't get properly hydrated before they try a really intense uh, high altitude hike. And that gets them as much as um, just the altitude itself. Plus alcohol hits you a lot quicker out here. So people be like, oh, I'm going to have a couple beers and then go do this 14 or in the morning. And they will dehydrate themselves super fast. And these super athletic people will make it about a mile and have to turn around. Um, the other thing is, is it serious? Like you can get yourself really sick. So if you're feeling awful, don't try to push through it. Stay at your elevation for a few minutes. And if you don't start feeling better, get your butt down the, down the mountain because you're going to be in a world of hurt any second after that. And stay safe out there. The mountain's not moving. You can come back and do it again another time. Yep. Well said. All very good points. The only way to cure altitude sickness is to get out of the altitude. So get down. Exactly. Okay. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Fat Man. I want to thank you for joining us this week. I know you just mentioned it, but uh, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Oh, absolutely. Check out the website, fatmanlittletrail.com. Uh, that's where I do all of my, my updates. And then I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, um, just search fat man, little trail, and I should come up. And then, uh, the podcast is coming back. I, I promise I will be more consistent with it. I'm hitting the, I'm hitting that subscribe button tonight. Perfect. All right. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are also on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamira at gmail.com. Fat man, I'm also looking to you to share your recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, some kind of media that will keep our listeners connected to the outdoor adventure experience. We're calling this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us, fat man? Okay, this is I did this just for you because I knew how bad you want me to be a through hiker. So uh, there's a there's a blog that I follow and it's a website. It's not, you know, that's still media, 
don't don't hurt yeah, us. It is. It don't is. Don't hurt us, digital people. Um, so it's called Tia on the Trail. T I A on the Trail, and it's this young lady who I've started following around, and she's a does some through hiking, but she's up in Canada, so she's very nice. You know, she's very nice. Um, if she's Canadian. If she's Canadian. She's, she's nice, as you're saying. Exactly. She's Canadian, yeah. so she's nice. But no, it's a fun blog, and she does a really good job of explaining it. And she's again, again, kind of at the beginner level, um, where she tells people, "Hey, this is what I took out, and I shouldn't have brought the camp chair. That was." dumb you know and she like she's very honest about it and and if you're looking to get started in it uh her blog might be a really good uh way to get some good information to to start out if i start out uh first i'm coming out there and and, and doc we're going together and second i'm going to read tia's blog to make sure i know exactly what to bring nice i'll take you up on that i'll plan something we'll go out there for a little multi-day hike you'll have a great time get yourself a tent greg no, get a tent it's the last step <laughs> And before we wrap things up, I've got one more segment for you called what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell us about? Um, I guess the only thing that, that we didn't talk about is on my website. Uh, so I pair every, I'm a fat man. So I pair every hike with a local food restaurant, um, a locally owned restaurant. And um, I'm not a food critic by any means. I'll give you a little review of the restaurant. Uh, but what was important to me is what, like I said earlier, a long time ago, I started this during the lockdowns and COVID. And uh, I wanted to let people know which small businesses up in the mountains were available for, uh, were open for business. Uh, a lot of them were closed. And I think it's important. We go up into these mountains all the time. And the these small communities that, that have restaurants and stuff like that, you know, if you can go to a locally owned place up there, um, in a small town, it's great. Anything that says diner or cafe, especially if it's grandma's diner or grandma's cafe, it's the best food you'll ever have in your life. It's locally owned. So the money stays in these small towns uh, who really need it after what happened with all the different um, economy stuff last year. So my website will pair a each hike to a locally owned restaurant. So check that out on the food page. Yes, I can, I can totally get behind that. Uh, my listeners will know from my latest episode that I referenced the Silver City Cafe up in Mineral King, as well as uh, down in Three Rivers, Casa Mendoza. Fantastic food. So don't, don't miss out on those opportunities. There's nothing better than a small town diner. Yep. Well, that's a wrap from the John Freaking Muir Studio. Any shout outs to friends and family? Fat man. Shout out to Alex, who loves podcasts. And she kind of convinced me to do a podcast back in the day. So she will definitely be listening to this. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you have to pee and you're waiting for a text from Scott. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Through the Blackwater Bayous, and in the dark Louisiana night floats a duck camp alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. 
Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest, me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.